0: Everyone's uh, talking because- about how the Titans <laughs> flew DeAndre Hopkins Southwest. No one wants to talk about how the Patriots flew him spirit. That's what I heard from my sources. Ooh. They flew him spirit from Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not the. To- Welcome into the Hot Read podcast for Monday, June the 19th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on Twitter at Easton Freeze. I am joined, as always, by my fabulous producer, JT, who you can follow on Twitter at JT underscore Runke. JT, traveled up north this weekend, headed home to Cincinnati. How was your trip, and how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Yeah. I literally got back to Nashville about 40 minutes before recording this episode right now on Sunday. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're right back at it. The grind never stops. It was, it was good. I hadn't been back to the nasty natty in a, in a hot second. (laughs) The
0: nasty Uh, natty. I love that.
1: Uh, but yeah, I went back up for a, uh, bourbon tasting, which went great on Saturday. Had a great, how was
0: that? Did we, did we have bourbons that was it was it a brand that you were familiar with or did you, uh, uh it was try a bunch some of brands,
1: I, okay. I, new and old. So, um, oh. you know, try to try a bunch of things that I already knew and I liked and new things that I hadn't, uh, tried for all you, uh, sophisticated bourbon drinkers out there in the audience, got to try mm-hmm. a 10 year, uh, aged, uh, Pappy Van Winkle, which if mm. they're listening, not a not a cheap price for for, I, for a bottle of that. I don't uh, it's doubt gonna it. it's, it's gonna it's gonna run you about three zeros on the end of your um, on the end of your uh, receipt there for that. Pass. So that was that's a hard very pass. nice. Um, yeah, I had a good time. So try to and you went with your dad, right? Yeah, it was with my dad.
0: So it was it was a lot of fun. That's a good way to spend Father's Day weekend. And hey, it's Monday, but a a belated Happy Father's Day to any fathers that might be in the audience. Hope you guys had a great weekend with family and friends. We've got a number of things that have gone on in the past couple days in the sports world that aren't NFL related, but I feel like bringing up one of which was the NBA Finals ended. So we finally got the long-teased John Morant suspension came down from Adam Silver and the NBA. 25 games. Do we have an opinion on this? My opinion... honestly is that it's not enough and it has nothing to do with what Ja did and has everything to do with the fact that the NBA regular season does not matter. And who cares about the first 25 games? This to me, as somebody that is a casual NBA enjoyer, this to me rings like NFL player suspended for four games, but the three preseason games count. Like that's what, that's (laughs) what this sounds like to me. It's like, why, who cares? It's not going to hurt this team. Uh, I mean, yeah,
1: the, the, they played well in the playoffs without paycheck. him. That's the only thing. Yeah, I it's guess. Denton paycheck. I just, the I mean, the only thing I have to add, I have two things to add about this. One, right. a, it, it was pretty funny because like you said, the NBA finals are now over. So everybody was patiently waiting. And, you know, with the, how the finals went, it seemed like that was the more exciting thing than the actual NBA finals. I mean, honestly, um. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> by game three yet. everybody's like everybody was like all right let's see what jaw give us job that again. jaw
0: suspension what we got
1: and the and the other thing is i saw that a sports book had a line on the number of games and the over under <laughs> was 24 and a half so clap <laughs> clap it up for vegas hey what good a line. line good line
0: dude speaking <laughs> of vegas
1: i don't know who's betting on that but did good you line. see
0: did you see the headline that some book is offering lines on the special olympics now I did. I I caught that on Twitter this weekend. I, I didn't read into it. I didn't really what? know what was going on, but I saw. What that are I, they thinking? <laughs> what are they thinking? First of all, first of all, I, the Special Olympics. Which I'm. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I'm a, a huge watcher of the Special Olympics. I I, I've, I love I've, what they do. I've, I've, uh, I dabble, yeah, I've but like i have not a hardcore. With them
1: before. It's a cool. It's a cool program. Uh, what is, they do a, with a great Special program. Olympics, and I've I've uh, volunteered with them. But yeah. It, <laughs> I'm I'm not quite sure what they're what the what they're gonna be
0: offering. Um, Unlike the regular Olympics, where it's all about the competition, the Special Olympics also about competition, but it's also about like equal opportunity and giving people a chance to like be in the limelight that otherwise wouldn't be able to to do so in athletics. And like, you know, it th- there are mental and physical disabilities of all types, and they do their best to handicap these things, like make it an even race, but like people are competing against each other with very different disabilities. So it's not really an even playing field. And we're going to, we're going to bet on this. Who, who, if you are such a degenerate gambler that you, I think that it should be every book puts out lines on the special Olympics, but it's like a sting operation. And if you try to place a bet, the, the <laughs> police come to your house and they say, you're no longer. They just, they, to they, a they
1: advertise like they advertise, like, so and so player over under 14 and a half points on wheelchair basketball like yes they, and if you y- try and to you, place a wager
0: you jail. try to get it you're done bye are you familiar <laughs> with the story in the 90s where the washington at the time redskins teamed up with the local police to take down like 300 of the the biggest felons and so the, the, i i was reminded of oh, this on youtube yes. today
1: Yes, the Washington Redskins at the time
0: teamed up with like the FBI, the CIA and local police to find like a list of the 300 most wanted outlaws felons in the in the area, including apparently two of the top 10 FBI most wanted people at the time. They they gave them all these fake uh, announcements in the mail that was like you won free tickets to the Washington Redskins game or event or whatever come and claim your prize. Like you're a big winner and like hundreds of them showed up just for it to be a sting operation and get arrested when they showed up at the stadium because criminals are morons. Like that's what they should do with the special Olympics betting lines. If you try to bet, it's awesome. Congratulations. Please come claim your prize and get in this jail cell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, all that all, all I have to say is that if I was offered those tickets, I probably wouldn't have even gone anyways. <laughs> considering the, the honestly team at the time. I mean at the time <laughs> it was a very
0: different team they actually had something I guess to be proud of in terms of a competent <laughs> franchise but you're right today you could offer me a, a the whole year free box in uh what is it FedEx field at FedEx field and I'd just be like double it give it to the next guy I'm I'm good <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right uh elsewhere in the sports world college baseball world series is underway in Omaha very exciting time of year Are you do you? your big MLB guy do you pay much attention to college World Series
1: not re- i I'm just not a huge college sports person like college football has never been my thing I've, I've never yeah, been a huge you. college um I just don't have a team like I went to me neither I, my my parents went to very small schools I had no team pride there uh, I went to a team that I went to a school that did Belmont did, baby
0: Belmont How about Belmont Woo
1: has, has a has a decent basketball program basketball. but nothing to write yeah. home about um yeah i just never had a team so um yeah, but however you. uh i was um and will always support oral roberts in all of their tourney endeavors albeit sure. whatever sport because they're just I'm electric
0: you. that is I'm, I'm with you it's electric and uh they i mean speaking of electricity they have I believe the most memorable win so far from Omaha with that comeback in the first game of the entire tournament tournament out there. Um, not great for another team that is a little bit closer to home and I'm sure has many fans in our audience. Tennessee baseball took the L to LSU the other night, uh six to three, I believe. Apparently, LSU's starting pitcher is like the number one college prospect by a country mile. Apparently, he's a stud. And he just lays waste to anybody and everybody that he plays. So not a whole lot, I guess, you can do about that. It is double elimination, so Tennessee not dead, but not a great start. And uh, yeah, they I don't know if you play it tomorrow it's...
1: morning. So by the time some of who, you are listening who to who this, they play, they will, they'll play Stanford. So by the time mm, some of the a- some a- of team. our listeners okay. um,
0: they may know listen the result, to this, yeah.
1: they might know the result. So uh, well, and,
0: and here's the thing: Have you been paying attention to the Jello Shot Challenge on on Twitter?
1: I have not seen, have you seen it?
0: Have you, are you familiar with this at all? No. Okay. So there's a, there's a bar out in Omaha. I'm assuming it's, it's a local bar that does this jello shot challenge where they, they make jello shots in the color or flavor of the primary color of each of the participants in the world series. And then they keep a running tally on a whiteboard of how many have been ordered for each team. And it's like a, you know, it's like whose fan base can show out the most LSU at last check had like I don't even know, like 3,000 Jello shots ordered, and Tennessee had like 700 or something. So apparently people have charted these things. I think this bar's been doing this for years. Apparently the Jello shot challenge roughly correlates to on-field success. So if we're going based off of the Jello shots, I, I don't love Tennessee's chances. I do love LSU's because LSU fans apparently have flooded Omaha this weekend.
1: I mean follow the Jell-O-Metrics, I guess you know if you're looking to play a bet this I like that yeah um, advanced gelometrics. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um let's let's move on to two more things before we talk actual football Nashville SC game I went to last night just had to How was just had to, to mention it was great it was amazing um I tested my theory that there's not a single bad seat in that entire stadium over at Jodas Park by literally sitting Um, I I guess the, on the end zone, quote unquote, end of the field behind one of the goals at the very, in row Z, the very top of the upper deck. And the view was fantastic. It was great. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Something about soccer, unlike having a nosebleed seat in football. I mean, the field is about roughly the same length, but it's about double the width of a football field. Right. And there's a lot of action all over the field. Unlike with football, where you've got all 22 guys packed into the same area of the field for the most part for each play soccer players are all over the place I much prefer having an aerial view at a soccer game than being like paying three times the price to sit down low at the you know the 50 yard line or whatever have you been to any professional soccer games and do you have an opinion on on where to sit I think just having the aerial view is better for soccer I don't know why
1: I mean yeah because i think it's it's easier to see the the flow of the game i think the same argument is that i actually enjoy um like when i go to national predator games or something i'll, I'll sit in the yeah. 300s or like on the two that 200 level i like to see the totally. whole ice rather than just be right up on the glass so, you know that's a fun experience and all but if for someone who like you want to watch the plays unfold you want to see how they're how they're uh playing their offense how they're defending that's something that's sure. kind of more interesting especially with soccer and hockey. Cause it's always fluid and moving. I, I, yeah, I agree. I have not been to uh geodes park yet, but I, Oh, we
0: I, um, you got, I got to get you out there. It's such a great yeah. time. It's I, awesome. It sounds like it's a great time. It is. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, um, if the tickets were all the same, like price, then that'd be a different discussion, but just bang for your buck. If you're going to spend $400 on a ticket to sit like on the fifth row or 40 bucks on a nosebleed ticket at a soccer game, phew, man, I, I know my answer. That's, that is a much better uh value deal, I believe. As far as the actual game, Hani Mukhtar is a monster. Um, he is the reigning MLS MVP. Right now, I don't know what the odds are actually. Sounds like he's um, gonna
1: be the two-time as it's gone it's, this It season. sounds
0: like at this rate, he's is very very likely to be the two-time back-to-back MLS MVP. Dude, he if this team didn't have him, they'd be so they'd be so mid at at best. They'd be so Mid their offense really wouldn't exist. He had a hat trick last night. I believe it was his fourth in his career, second this season. Um, he had a fourth goal on his foot that he just totally missed. And in his press conference after the game, the first thing that he wanted to talk about was to apologize to his teammate. He's like, "I cost check more an assist on that one. I should have buried that. Total mistake on my part." And we're like, "Dude, you had a hat. Relax. You guys won. You had a hat trick." Um, but he he's a monster, dude. It was awesome. It was against um. I forget the actual, it's the St. Louis team. I think they're c- city or something. C- St. Louis city. I don't know the actual name of their team. MLS naming conventions are weird, um, but they are now, I believe second in the East to, to your hometown team. Uh, is it, is it Cincy SC, F- you know, the name <clears throat> of the, is it? F- 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 FC Cincy. F- yeah, I've okay. been,
1: I've been once their new stadium and I used to go when they were just a young budding team, so. um
0: Well, apparently yeah. Nashville SC hosting FC Sensei, July fifteenth, so could be sounds, a, a, sounds a like heavyweight it's gonna bout. Be, Maybe you sounds I like I
1: there. know where I'm gonna be yeah. on uh, July fifteenth. I guess.
0: The last thing in sports that I want to talk about is the U.S. Open going on this weekend, and really just an excuse to mention Ricky Fowler. How about Ricky Fowler? My favorite thing in sports this weekend. Ricky Fowler coming back from the dead. Um, I don't. We don't. I mean you. Y'all will know who won because you're listening to this on Monday. Um, right where, as we're recording, he's probably about to tee off here any minute. And the final group, including uh, R- Ricky Fowler, Rory McElroy, Wyndham Clark, a number of uh, Scotty Scheffler was in the mix last I checked. Um, I'm certainly going to spend my evening of Father's Day watching the end of the US Open with my dad. You know, most golf tournaments are, you know, a daytime during the weekend deal. They, you know, they'll wrap up around sunset, like five, six in the afternoon. This one's so different because not only is it in June, where we've got the longest days of the year, but it's at LACC, LA Country Club, on the West Coast. So it's been so strange. the 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 actual final groups this weekend have been going off and playing like six p.m. to nine p.m. It's been prime time golf. It's been so strange, but it's really nice, honestly.
1: I've actually, and um, I I don't watch a lot of golf, but right. I mean, we were at the bourbon tasting, and afterwards, after we had our four select the 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 person who was doing it has this whole like seven shelves of just all bourbon it was like all right go crazy on this go 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 from there so then we sat on the patio and watched the whole last of the round from like four o'clock to like nine we were just down the back of course i i had my i had my um bourbon and then he said that he had a uh keg of summer shandy he was looking to replace and I said say less I love I love my bourbon but say less I'll I'll, I'll okay. finish that for you so I had sure I had a good time watching some golf for once uh you sure. know drinking and Ricky some electric
0: man it's it's so good to see him resurrect his career and again we don't we don't know how it ended maybe he won maybe he finished um in third or fourth or fifth or something like that but very exciting all right let's talk about thing, I just football. have to say about
1: that oh quick. no go ahead one more thing I apparently learned that now I haven't really been paying attention I just drank and watched golf and cuz it was on and that's terrible. all I did. This 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 course I guess that they that they play at. Not yeah. not a good one.
0: Uh well, but but people besides, aren't a huge fan of the that, entire thing. Apparently yeah.
1: I learned that either investors or the city of LA has offered 8 billion for this property. Yes. That, that's the that's it, the value that's of the crazy. Place. it's
0: right it's nestled Directly in the middle of Beverly Hills. And there's, I was reading an article on it. There's a tax loophole that's the only reason why they're able to operate. Because if it were not in place, this tax loophole, where it's not a loophole as much as it is like a back in the 90s, they froze the tax rate for that property because the country club operates as a not for profit instead of a profitable company. They get the tax rate from like the 90s. Whereas now, because that land is valued at like $8 billion. Their annual tax rate would be if they were a for-profit company, like seven hundred million dollars a year. It would That's be crazy. It, they would they That's would fold. Insane. Um, but yeah, the course is not playing nearly as hard as folks want it to, and apparently the crowds have been really lame because this. I mean, L.A. is America's most soulless city, in my opinion, and of course they would put on the most soulless U.S. Open because they apparently have more than half of their tickets going to corporate folks. Like it's very Super Bowl y. The the actual fans, the general admission folks that make the atmosphere the atmosphere at a golf tournament. There's like nine thousand of them a day, which is pathetic by U.S. Open and golf major uh, standards. So not not great in that respect. Um, it, the U.S. Open won't be coming back to LACC until twenty thirty nine. Not sure why we're assigning venues for the late twenty thirties already, but we are and uh so i guess you won't have to deal with that until you might have to change
1: that who knows you california and i'll be knocking be in on the ocean. 40 years
0: old and yeah. sure yeah well yeah the whole <laughs> california the whole, could be in the, the ocean. whole city maybe by that time by and then. they
1: might they might have to uh change it they might in 2035 be like hold on guys we forgot yeah. that we scheduled oh, lacc course doesn't exist anymore <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it. exist let's uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's... all right let's talk about football uh we got a couple of topics today. And again, it's kind of a Father's Day episode, not to say we're phoning it in here, but we're not we're not doing a deep dive of any kind. We'll we'll start with um, some more structured offseason episodes on Friday of this week. But a couple of things I want to mention before we get out of here. In the warm up today, I want to dial in on this Warren Sharp tweet from earlier last week. And it, it was a, it was an interesting concept that he was kind of playing around with what the 2022 standings would be if games ended after three quarters and the Tennessee Titans would have been the AFC three seed with a record of 11, four and two. And he goes on to elaborate. and This is verbatim. The Titans were by far the team hurt most by fourth quarters in 2022. They led in 11 games through three quarters, sixth most in the NFL. That would have been good enough for the AFC South crown and the AFC three seed AFC South crown. Very comfortably by the way. Instead, they had a negative fifty-four point margin in the fourth quarter, and they went seven and ten, really, really bad. And um, I, I quote tweeted this with a, a picture of uh, Todd Downing because that's I mean, ultimately, there's a there's a million things you can attribute to why the Titans were so bad in the fourth quarter. There are two main ones that I'd say make up eighty-five percent of the blame. One you can't control, and one you can. One was health and the fact that they just they were losing guys in games all the time and losing a lot of star players. And the other is Todd Downing and the offensive coaching staff's inability to adjust at all throughout the course of a game. And they they got schooled at the end of games because their opponent, oftentimes the Doug Peterson's of the world would make adjustments like good NFL coaches do on the offensive side of the ball. And the uh, the Titans offensive coaching staff could not. This stat's pretty crazy. Sharp goes on to talk about how the Titans recorded a negative 0.27 EPA per play in the fourth quarter that ranked dead last in the NFL by far last year. It was so bad that in the last 22 years since the year 2000, only one team was worse in the fourth quarter, and it was the 06 Raiders led by Aaron Brooks and Andrew Walter. Bonus points if you know who either of those people are. So um, really, truly, historically bad fourth quarter performance in 2022 from the Titans. And I do think that that's an, one of the most underrated elements of the the coaching staff changes that they made this year in particular Tim Kelly taking over. We don't yet know whether Tim Kelly is going to be dramatically uh better than Todd Downing was. Personally, I'll be shocked if he's not simply because of how low of a bar Todd Downing set at times. But I I will say in terms of track record Tim Kelly, at the very least, has a a storied and solid history as a play caller of being able to adjust in a game at, a, at, very, at, the, at the very least a league average level. So I don't think this kind of thing, end of game collapses like this, are going to be a big deal. JT, I, I don't know if you remember, but we spent a lot of the season last year talking about how, wow, this team looks like a juggernaut on the first drive every single game. They are a touchdown machine on the first drive every single game. And it literally goes downhill precipitously from there. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. It may be flipped. It may be that they start kind of slow, but um, I don't think that uh, personally, I'd much rather uh, be a team that finishes fast and starts slow than the other way around.
1: I mean, yeah. Or they could just, you know, keep the momentum the entire time. Sure, you know? <laughs> sure.
0: That's the ideal. Yeah, I know hundred percent. That
1: is, that is, you know, you want to be, Um, you know, as a, I believe this is my belief as an offensive play caller. you kind of want to be, um, having an array of things that you can use and switch up all the time during a game. And, um, you know, now that's maybe something that. You might scratch your head and say, "Well, yeah, isn't that something that an offensive play oh. caller should do?" Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not what the Titans did last year, and I don't think it's what Todd Downing was capable of. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you. It is um, a bare minimum with, ask, but that's where we're I mean, at right sound, now. Frankly. It sounds where we're at. Honestly, like it sounds like from what we've heard at OTAs about how it's a whole new offensive thing. Maybe yep. that when they're when they're talking about how it being a whole new offensive scheme, it's just Tim Kelly going in there and being like, "Hey guys, so we're actually going to have like." 15 to 20 plays that we'll use in, in different intervals instead of five. Oh
0: (laughs) yeah. We're not going to use all our good plays to start the game. We're not, we're going to be able to like, (laughs) you know, change how we play the game, how we call the game based on how the game's going and based on how our opponents adjusting crazy. Crazy
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Um,
0: Let's move on to the the bulk of today's show, which is yet again, I am once again here to talk about Deandre Hopkins. We've got a little tiny update on that saga. Um, We're not going to beat this drum every single week, Um, if and and unless or until I guess he signs. Like we'll we'll talk about it, obviously. Then I I expect that not to happen until a while from now. Well, JT, do you? I I, I keep I think I keep saying this. I'll be really surprised if he signs before the month of July. Like if he signs with anybody in June, that's going to surprise me.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's – I mean – It doesn't make I any sense a lot for him of these, to do it now, I mean, with, in my opinion. With all these, these older aging veterans, it feels like you want to play the market slow until – because yes. currently at the start of – like everyone's roster right now is pretty much like cut and dry. There's really not – like most teams have made their the pretty bulk right of their now. offseason moves. You've gone through yeah. your OTAs. You know what you have. So there's not really a need for anybody like a Dalvin cook or Deandre Hopkins. even though there is interest in Deandre Hopkins and he's kind of been the first to start these contract talks, but like Ezekiel Elliott and a Leonard Fournette and all those guys, like they, they've, we haven't heard any interest from anyone. And that's mostly because like all these teams have just a flurry of depth at like either signing UDFAs. But then once we get into training camp and you know, things happen, injuries happen, that's when we'll start to see more of these veteran guys probably signed to some teams. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is a little different because he's at a more valued position at wide receiver, but still, right. I just don't see there's, I, I don't think there's any reason for him to make a decision right now, because the longer you wait, the more of those teams have time to think and maybe reach out to you again and say, Hey, I don't know what they're offering you, but it starts. The, it starts the, the need for DeAndre Hopkins as we get closer and closer right. to training camp probably ramps up. Um, his well, not to get dark, but you market? also,
0: you, 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 the more time you wait, the more time there is for somebody to get hurt and a team's needs to change dramatically. Yes. You know, God, for, God forbid it happens, but it always does happen to somebody. Somebody will lose their wide receiver one or two for the year in training camp to an injury or for a, a, a serious amount of time. And, and suddenly DeAndre Hopkins can say, Hey, hello, I'm available. My services are available. What can you offer? That can change the math for a team. Um, the reason we're bringing him up again today ultimately is because Matthew Judon, star member of the New England Patriots, tweeted out at some point this weekend. I forget when exactly. GM of the year, question mark. That was the whole tweet. Now, very um, clickbaity, not clickbaity, but um, intentionally vague tweet, I would I would say. Um, clearly something just to, to stir the pot a little bit, which I respect. If it's just a troll, hilarious. Um, if there's something to it it raises some eyebrows. You know, is there any indication here that maybe GM Bill Belichick is in communication with Deandre Hopkins, maybe zeroing in on a deal now? Like I, I I'm hesitating to say it cause I, it, I don't think it's going to happen now. Again, I'll be surprised if anything like this happens, but unless he's just making stuff up, an interesting tweet to send out. Um, I just don't see him not waiting to see if his market shifts. And that's, that's the big thing. If he signs now that that means he only has the Titans and the Patriots to leverage against one another in terms of contract talk. If he signs with the Patriots over the Titans, i am I'm immediately suddenly very interested in what the contract looks like. What's the money there that that's kind of the, the next thing I want to talk about. What AAV would we be comfortable with giving Deandre Hopkins if we were GMs and I have a, a pulled up here, the list of value of every wide receiver contract in the league. It's not a cut and dry science, right? We we talk about this all the time. The actual AAV of a contract is oftentimes the least interesting or least indicative of what the contract actually is in, in terms of numbers to look at. You, you much more should be interested in, um, signing bonus. You should be interested in years and any, any, um, any void years tacked onto the end. You should be interested in when the out is. And most of all, you should be interested in the guaranteed money, right? The total guarantee is much more interesting than the AAV. And that being said, we're going to talk about this with the knowledge that AAV is not the end all be all. And we can talk about it with, you know, roughly what the AAV we would give him and what the guaranteed money we would give him is. But I'm looking at the, the league ranked by AAV here and there's a pretty significant cliff between guys that are considered i think solid wide receiver ones some wide receiver high end wide receiver twos and then the field when you get down to cuz the contract everybody talks about in relation to this DeAndre Hopkins situation is the recently signed Odell Beckham Jr contract right that's what we're that's what we're looking at as the litmus test of does he get that contract roughly that value more less how does that um how does that signal to us what the league sees DeAndre Hopkins as having left, right? You know what his market is and how much he ends up getting in relation to that is kind of a a litmus test. Odell Beckham Jr. Signed as we know a one year, $15 million deal with um, roughly $13 million guaranteed, I believe. And so in terms of AAV, you got a a lot of guys that are sitting right around that 15, 16, $17 million a year markets, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, Hunter Renfro, Alan Robinson, who, uh, Cortland <laughs> Sutton, and OBJ. And then it's a drop-off between OBJ and Corey Davis. OBJ making $15 million a year. Corey Davis making $12.5 million a year. And then Michael Gallup next with 11 and a half. And then there's a lot of guys in that 11 10 range. Um, Corey Davis, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel, Tim Patrick, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd. That being said, JT, you're the GM of your team where AAV and guaranteed money range, what range would you be comfortable signing DeAndre Hopkins to in the year 2023?
1: Just like from my team, not like from a Titans perspective,
0: right? Yeah. Just you're, you're the GM. Oh, okay. What what number are you comfortable giving to DeAndre Hopkins as we know him today?
1: Well, first off, I mean, I I'm definitely more, I'm definitely comfortable with saying that i think i value deandre hopkins higher than like a michael gallup or a Corey davis at this point in time personally sure, absolutely i'm with um, you there i think i would even as i'm reading that list i'm more i'm higher on a on the value of deandre hopkins in his production over guys like tyler lockett and those other guys circling around 15 personally mm. i think i think if I if I had to pick between Tyler Lockett and DeAndre Hopkins, I think I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. If I you had to pick have...
0: between DeAndre Hopkins and OBJ, who are you taking?
1: Oh, that's a tough one because I think I don't, I'd still I don't have find to all leave. That tough. I, I I think it's I'd still pretty still have clearly to leave Hopkins, Hopkins. I yeah, you I what? think I I I I would lean Hopkins as well. Yeah, okay. Um mostly because it it just kind of becomes a question of injury and
0: injury unknown.
1: Sure. Right now, I know that DeAndre Hopkins, I know what I'm getting if I signed him yes. to that AAV. I don't really know what I'm getting with OBJ right now. Like he hasn't played in a year. Nope. He's coming off his second ACL injury. Um, I just don't know what I'm gonna get from an OBJ currently. Um, whereas I know that I when I, what I'm getting with DeAndre Hopkins is probably the same production as an OBJ but built in already the risk that i know of to be like two or three games are probably not going to be played by DeAndre Hopkins this year.
0: Right, and that's the interesting thing to me because we keep hearing people talk about what they're what they're expecting this Hopkins contract to look like and it's a lot of talk of okay, maybe it's $12 million, one year $12 million for 8 million guaranteed, somewhere in that range. People are keep talking about how they expect him to get somewhere under that obj contract value and and that wouldn't blow my mind simply because people smarter than me in the contract space are saying it but just watching ball knowing ball it 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 would surprise me simply because i i think that he is much more valuable a player right now than a guy like obj still even at his age um i i you could tell me that the titans came out and gave deandre hopkins $15.5 Fifteen point million one one-year contract with, you know, 12 or 13 guaranteed. And while that would be on the higher end of what I think you would consider a good deal for DeAndre Hopkins, that would not blow me away at all. And it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't seem outrageous to me at all. Would it, would it kind of blow your mind if that's where he ends up landing?
1: i Probably am leaning towards that is where he's landing. I know I've personally heard a lot. Do you think people just, are just like,
0: wrong about their evaluation of his value? Well,
1: I mean, I've just heard I from um, just a lot of personalities in the in the Nashville space. There's people expecting him to sign an eight or nine million dollar guaranteed contract, and I've I've just from right. the get go, I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to take something like that. I think and what what i mean by that is i think that if deandre hopkins does sign with the titans or the patriots or something else for like a 13 million guaranteed with incentives and signing bonus up to 15 or 16 like right. people might be surprised about that and it's i think it's because a lot of people are just lowballing deandre hopkins value right now um yep. but i i don't think i can just given where a lot of his peers are right now in a contract space and where I, I value his skills. Um, so if he does sign for that in the teens somewhere, um, I would not be surprised.
0: Let's wrap up this conversation about Hopkins by talking about how we think adding Deandre Hopkins to the Titans roster would change the range of potential outcomes for them this season. Now I tweeted this out yesterday as fans saw that Matthew Judon tweet and started to consider the Titans may not actually land DeAndre Hopkins and what does that mean to me as a fan? People who think landing Hopkins makes this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but missing out on him makes them likely to miss the playoffs. Like I am once again asking you to, to learn ball, please. That that is that is some and you know that's what it's going to be if they land him it's going to be Super Bowl baby let's go the Titans are in the AFC and if they don't it's going to be like okay never mind poverty team they're going to miss the playoffs well, what's the whole point of this season it, Hopkins does not this team's <laughs> their success this year does not hinge that dramatically on whether or not they land DeAndre Hopkins they they aren't solid enough at, at the rest of the positions on this roster like they, like we've talked about this already they're not a wide receiver away from having a an airtight roster. That's not what this team looks like. So while certainly adding Hopkins is going to raise the ceiling and raise the floor and make the team better, like duh, no one's arguing that it's not missing out on him. Isn't going to mean this team is incomplete because they, you know, they, Oh, they needed that receiver. I think this team is fully capable of going into the season with their current weapons. And they're probably relatively comfortable with that at the top end and just interested in, in bolstering the depth. I mean, I've talked about this at length already, JT. This is just reminding folks of what I've been saying all offense all offseason long. I think this team internally is way higher on the top end of their receiving talent than the public is. I think that they look at Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips in Chica Conquo and say, that's a really nice trio that is young and is um, in many ways unproven. But in this building, we think that, They've proven it to us. We have every reason to believe that in year two, all three will make a leap and all three will be starting caliber NFL players. And from there, we're just concerned about when either or when any of those guys goes down, who is going to step up and our depth is the main concern here. So all of that still applies to if and when the Titans don't land DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't think that the sky is falling or should be falling for fans. Does it, does it lower the ceiling for this team? Yeah, sure. Like, again, adding a good player makes your team better. Duh. But JT, what what do you think about how adding him might change or missing out on him might change the uh, prospects for this team?
1: And I, I – well, I've just said the entire time. I've had people say, oh, you're such a Debbie Downer on Twitter and whatnot. And after I've literally said, guys – chill out and temper expectations because there's a very real possibility still that DeAndre Hopkins is not on this team. And your top three are still Traylon Burks, Chica Conquo and Kyle Phillips. And it's kind of yep. just like, if if he does go to the Patriots or somewhere else, it's just going to be like this wave of depression and like, like hope lost that I feel like is going to get Titans blown out one of one
0: chance is gone. Exactly. Right. And I a just, wash
1: I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. If DeAndre Hopkins um doesn't come to to the Titans I think the first half of that coin um is true that if DeAndre Hopkins does um come to the Titans it, it propels this this wide receiver core into maybe a top 15 like the edge of 15 uh, like room in the in the that's the ceiling in there. the league yeah, I'm with I you. think that's the ceiling yeah. if, if you get DeAndre At Hopkins. League average
0: potentially above league average right. Um, And that's a huge that's
1: a huge uh, piece that can help them on a Super Bowl run. So I think they 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 have those aspirations of um, like if we get DeAndre Hopkins, the sky's the limit. But if we don't, we still think we can be a really good competitive team.
0: So here's how it it actually impacts their their ceiling and floor, in my opinion. I think without DeAndre Hopkins, this team is a playoff contender and a team that is going to. Compete for and and potentially get a a spot in the playoffs. And then, as I've always said in the NFL, the beauty of the league is you get into the playoffs and everybody has a chance. That's how it works. That being said, I think you add Hopkins and their their real ceiling then becomes they're a playoff contender. And this offense has the firepower in the playoffs and in January and February to make a run and potentially be a top half of the playoffs Super Bowl contender. Um, but again, I, it's all murky for me because I don't like putting these definitive labels on the playoffs in the NFL because so much can change and happen. But I would just say, without him, I, I would see them getting to the playoffs, and then it'd be it'd be upsets for them all the way through to 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 be a Super Bowl contender and reach that that stage. With Hopkins, I think that they'd be more, maybe a little bit more chalky for them to to make a run at it. What do you think about about that?
1: I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's. It's hard to say. That's why um, their ceiling is the sky's the limit. Because, like right. you said, in the playoffs, everything changes. Um, he's he, if he comes, he's just going to add another possible uh, offensive weapon that is going to make this team compete with the the jag with the Jaguars and the uh, upper echelon teams of the league. If not, right. I think they still are really competitive. People just seem to forget that. Mm-hmm. they were a Ryan Tannehill being somewhat healthy away from winning two or three more games last year. Um, And this team is, this team has a lot of guys coming into their sophomore season looking to break out, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think they're, I think they're going to be just fine either way. If they get Deandre Hopkins or not.
0: All right, with that, we're going to wrap up our Father's Day episode here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, we'll we'll have a, a much more interesting and structured show for you on Friday. Got a couple of different topic ideas we're going to um choose from that oh, we will we'll knock out it. all I of picked, them.
1: Uh, I picked it already for Friday. It's going to be um
0: Oh. What are we going? Uh
1: did the Patriots uh what airline did the patriots fly deandre hopkins out on oh and okay. is so it Fr- more important yeah so friday
0: it's an airline analysis that- right, right right the titans <laughs> they get an go- f grade go- already spoiler they get an f grade for using southwest how dare they
1: now dare now the they? patriots might have used delta and that's an a plus and you know maybe that's why matthew judon said gm of the year everyone's uh, talking because- about how
0: the <laughs> titans flew deandre hopkins southwest no one wants to talk about how the patriots flew him spirit that's what i heard from my sources oh. they flew him spirit <laughs> from national yeah i mean i'm not to not to start a rumor, but that's what I heard. Um, no, that we will talk about something of interest. Maybe airline analysis. We'll see on Friday. Hope that you'll tune back in with us for that. Until then, I'm your host, Houston Freeze, for producer JT. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday.